right, we are here again, Allie and Maggie, to talk about the Anaya Blanchard case and basically a lot of the things that have happened since the last time we did this podcast and kind of the huge impact it's had on both the Auburn community and the Auburn University community as well, even though she didn't go there. Um, But first, one of the very interesting things I found about this case was the fact that there was a gag order on it and like the media came forward and talked about how normally there aren't gag orders on cases that aren't federal and so that was interesting but at the same time it was also interesting how much coverage the case got it was on so many national news outlets probably all of them it was on I mean TMZ is constantly reporting on it it made it on Dr. Phil with Anaya Blanchard's parents so it's gotten a lot of coverage so I can understand why it will be put on it. There are, I guess, multiple other reasons yeah, that it would be on there. I think especially since they were expecting to make more arrests mm-hmm. in the case is the biggest reason that they uh, did not want too much media coverage. Yeah, because they were trying, I mean, the less the suspects know that the courts are aware of, the better. And also, we don't really know, like, they didn't really talk to us at all about Yazid's um, connection with the other suspects. Like, I don't know if they have been friends for a long time or knew each other or any of the things like that. Like, we don't really know many of those details, so you don't really know, like, what would happen if they found out that he had ratted on them or something else like that. So, even though the gag order was on there, a bunch of news organizations um, locally and I believe nationally as well got together and filed a motion to have it lifted by the judge. Now, that was supposed to be um, heard in court on the 4th with the last hearing. They did not actually mention it, um, probably because there was a lot of other significant information going on. But, yeah, I'm assuming that the gag order has been lifted just because there's videos and photos of Yazid in the courtroom. And with the gag order, the media wasn't even allowed into the initial hearing in the first place. I think the preliminary hearing, they couldn't even go in. So they've had that, and a lot of the details... um, that were rele- released on the 4th have been released to the public now. Yeah, like they um, even released that uh, her cause of death was a gunshot wound. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like if they were still under a gag order, that wouldn't have been released. Mm-mm. I agree. Because they, they also, like, I mean, they touched on so many details. And they also had, like, audio of Yazid's outburst in the courtroom, which I read about earlier today and some of yesterday, of him basically calling out the prosecution saying they don't have evidence because nobody saw him shooting her, which I think is kind of hilarious considering there are hundreds of murder cases where you don't have video of the person doing it. People get convicted (laughs) all the time. Like, that was just not a valid point at all. Sorry, guys. My dog is here. There. Go on. We're gonna put him away. Have any other distractions? He's like, What is this crime podcast? Why are you guys talking? But, anyways, yeah, so that I found his attitude as it's been portrayed very interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, considering how many people are following this case all over the entire country, like the there are photos of him laughing and smiling in the courtroom, it reminds me of like serial killer cases of like how the attitude he's taking to this, especially considering her family is literally right there. Like, mm-hmm. her mom and stepfather are there. I don't know if the other side of the family's on, but they are there. And he's just having this nonchalant, like, 
attitude of just laughing at the entire case, which I just think is incredibly disrespectful and really surprised me considering how much coverage we're getting on this case. Yeah, but honestly, like, let's be honest, he's no stranger to being convicted of crimes. No, definitely not. So maybe he's just so used to being accused that this isn't even, like, he doesn't even take this seriously anymore. I know. That's how I kind of found it as well, which is, I just think it's interesting that he doesn't think there's any evidence because there's literally video footage of him. This was released um, in the hearing as well on the 4th that apparently another gas station, not the Chevron, has video surveillance footage of him entering or exiting um, Anaya's car in the passenger side and then getting back in. So, I mean, I don't know what possible reason he could have or, like, explanation of knowing her. There haven't been any details on if she knew him or not, but, like, I don't see how they're, how he could think that being in that car, which came up with all of her blood in it, like, mm-hmm. how he thinks that that won't be evidence enough, let alone the other two suspects. So, I don't really think, I think you're right. I don't think he's taking this very seriously at all. Because, like, look at that photo. Like, he's just smiling and just... Hanging out the entire time. That one photo of him smirking back, like literally laughing with his head back in the courtroom, I saw on one of the articles and I was just like, wow. So I think it's very interesting that he's taking this attitude, especially let's get to the death penalty because the DA announced that they will be pursuing the death penalty in this case because he is now facing two capital murder charges, Mm -hmm. one for murdering her in her own vehicle and another I guess for it was like murder for kidnapping as well so I guess there are two different charges and he's getting both so it is astonishing that he's taking this attitude considering his life is literally on the line and to be honest I feel like there's a good chance he will get the death penalty just because this has had such a huge impact Mm -hmm. on the state and honestly the whole country and I mean this is also Alabama Yep. And Alabama is not afraid to pursue the death penalty, no. and judges are not afraid to grant that death penalty. No. So. Especially, like, it's this, like you said, it's Alabama, it's the South. Like, yeah. You see Texas, Texas does them all the time, but we don't often have cases to where it comes to mm-hmm. it, but I feel like since this has made such news, people are almost expecting it, and also it's like, I couldn't think of anyone else who would deserve it. Other than considering his criminal history, too, like, life in prison, yes, that would keep him from hurting people on the outside if he didn't have a chance of parole, but, like, with everything that he's done, and he still has that other case in Montgomery ongoing right now. Uh Which is another attempted murder. Yeah, Yeah. on a 77-year-old man. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think looking at his criminal history, and hopefully that case will end before they do sentencing and everything else because as of right now they can't use his other case because he hasn't been convicted yet but I I can't imagine that they don't enforce the death penalty upon him as of right now especially with his attitude in court right now which I think that's why I'm so surprised it's like you're making a joke out of this but they they can kill you Mm -hmm. (laughs) like he's just laughing it off and having He's almost entertained by it all, which is just interesting to me. And also, considering that she comes from a somewhat, like, prominent family with oh, yeah. her stepfather and everything, I think that adds to the like, 
the likelihood of mm-hmm. him getting the death penalty. And I think it was 2008 that a freshman at Auburn was murdered. Mm-hmm. And it was. I that, believe it was that man um, received the death penalty. So did I he? Think, I didn't yes, know that. he did. And he's on death row currently. And so just like from past precedent, mm-hmm. I feel like there's really good chance to get the death penalty. Yeah, and honestly, I mean, I mean, you also have to take into account he did not lead investigators to where her body was which if you've seen any true crime anything mm-hmm. the worst thing in the world for a family is not having their kid murdered it's not knowing where they are yeah and like people suffer for years wondering if their child is in a ditch somewhere or like she was in the woods somewhere and mm-hmm. they didn't obviously they're not going to reveal the name of who tipped them off but somebody did tip them off they yeah. did not despite the massive search effort that was performed by, I mean, they had federal authorities from everywhere, Department of Homeland Security, FBI, Texas, or was it uh, Texas EquiSearch? Yeah. Which is a super well-renowned, even yeah. Even the U.S. Marshals, the mm-hmm. U.S. Marshals, I think, were the ones that actually arrested They them. were, in Pensacola. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, like, even despite all that, somebody tipped it off, which I, I'm assuming somebody probably just came across it and called. I don't think it was anyone with actual information, but, about the case specifically, but, I mean... The fact that he didn't tell investigators where her body was did not help him at all. And of course you can understand why not, because, I mean, he's already facing kidnapping charges, and it, the reason that he's now facing murder charges is because they found her body. So, like, it's not surprising that he didn't, but unless he had hidden it in a way better place, he probably, it would have been in his best interest. Because now... Now it's the death penalty on the table, and he has done nothing to help investigators except for mock, basically, like, mock the entire thing. Oh, yeah. And the biggest question I have at this point was, what was his motive? I agree. Like, that that has not been released. Uh-huh. Um, I, no one knows, like, why he kidnapped this girl. Um, they said that, you know, he reached for... She reached for his gun mm-hmm. in the car. So I guess, you know, he got really defensive and shot her. But mm-hmm. why did he kidnap her in the first place? I don't see. And that's what I wondered also. The only thought I had on that possibly would be robbery as well. But that's only because of his last case. Because he robbed that 77-year-old man. But, like, most of the time when you see cases like this where a young college girl is abducted, it's usually to pursue some type of sexual assault. Yes. And I think a kind of a theory I have in this is that that was the intention, and by her reaching for the gun, she kind of saved herself from having to endure all of that mm-hmm. because I feel like that's the only logical reason for how this all happened because if they said with the video footage, I don't know if it was obtained through the video footage or through a cashier but they said that he was counting his change and he saw her and he literally just like dropped everything and walked out and followed her mm-hmm. like you don't do that I mean she was she was dressed fine but she was she didn't look like she had a million dollars on her I don't right. think that I mean she was in a black Honda CRV like that's a moderate a car that's like what I basically like same type no it's not a Lexus or a BMW like she had no indication that she had a bunch of money no and i know that um well well first of all let me me back up they have not released any information to my knowledge that she there's evidence of sexual assault Mm -mm, neither so um either there was and they haven't released it or there just wasn't any um which hopefully she wasn't yes um 
But also, when her parents went on to Dr. Phil and said that they thought yes. uh, that, you know, she was set up, I just, I'm not sure if I believe that that was the case. I don't either. I think her parents were kind of grasping at straws I think at that so too. point. Because, I mean, let's be honest, like, before this, I had no idea that the daughter of a UFC fighter was living in Auburn. No. Like, it wasn't, she wasn't a celebrity by any means in no. the area. So, I don't think it was, you know, someone was like, oh, let's go to Auburn and find uh, Walt Harris, yeah, Walt Harris's mm-hmm. daughter. Like, I don't think that was the case. No, and they also brought up saying that, like, it was, th- they also had thought that it could have been through someone she knew, mm-hmm. which they're just... Hasn't I think you're right? They were crossbait straws, and they were probably because they didn't know what had happened. Right. They were probably just trying to rationalize yeah, everything. This was before her body had even been found. And you get so paranoid yeah. that mm-hmm. you're just like, I mean, how can you trust anyone when your daughter is missing? So, I found it interesting that I mean, Doctor Phil, of course, was like, I would love to interview him and talk to him and stuff. Like, I mean, there's it really reflects how much national coverage is happening with this case but I agree I don't think that those theories are I mean even if they were like considered by police they probably would have said hey it's not what happened Mm -hmm. but it's interesting that we still know so little oh yeah because I mean it did take was it a month to the day after she went missing that they found her body it was the 23rd or might have been the 25th it, she went missing on october 23rd and mm-hmm. they found her body on october uh, november 25th yep so it was just a little bit over a month mm-hmm. which honestly that's a pretty good while because it is. i mean her body had been in the woods presumably for a month mm-hmm. which i'm surprised they found it yeah but. and honestly like i'm sure it was very decomposed at that point because we've had a, you know, a few cold days and stuff, but we've Auburn had some storms too. Yeah, but Auburn is overall a pretty warm climate, so mm-hmm. decomposition would happen pretty quickly. So honestly, I don't even know how much evidence they'll be able to collect off of her body. I don't either. They might not even have enough evidence to yeah. tell if there was a sexual assault yeah. because obviously a gunshot wound, they can find that from a skull, right? And that doesn't deteriorate for many, many, many years. But when it comes to the sexual assault, I mean. You hear there's a reason that in rape cases you're supposed to go within the first 24 or 48 hours. So unless there was like severe bruising, which who knows if you could even see it by then. We don't know what conditioned her. I mean, her whole body would probably be discolored. So who knows what could have happened. Yeah. You just don't know. On that note too, they released a statement saying that male DNA had been found in her vehicle. Mm-hmm. But then they never really followed up on that. Like they didn't say if it matched Yazid or the other two suspects. And they also didn't say like what this DNA was. Like if, yeah, if it, it was, was semen or something. or something, then maybe we could assume that she had been sexually assaulted in the vehicle. Mm-hmm. But they there's just really no information to go off of. Yeah, they really didn't say you're right. Now that I'm reading through this now and all the updates and everything, and there's nothing on the DNA, who it belongs to, or what type of DNA it is. So that is very interesting. And there always is the possibility that she was sexually assaulted and that they're suspecting it, but they haven't, they just don't, I mean, imagine with your family, like you already have to know that your daughter was murdered, but then now you also have to think about what she went through before she died. Like, I'm sure that if they do come out, they're probably treading very carefully Mm -hmm. among the sexual assault thing if it is a possibility because that's just 
It's a very impactful statement. Yeah, and if he did sexually assault her, then I really think that would be the nail in the coffin. Oh, same. It would be another charge. Oh, yeah, and just, I mean, obviously murdering someone, but the disrespect Mm -hmm. and everything that goes into sexually assaulting someone, too, and killing her. And based off of his attitude, that would not surprise me. He's an extremely disrespectful individual. Which, I mean, again, is so astonishing considering he's facing the death penalty. So, I don't think that... I also just, again, think it's funny that he doesn't think there's enough evidence because I he's at least going to get life in prison. Oh, like, and, yeah, for sure. And I mean, th- there's videos of him at, in the gas station. There's now two witnesses. The one witness who stepped forward who saw her... Saw him forcing her into the vehicle at the gas station who unfortunately didn't come forward initially. And then... The one that saw her, saw him in her car with no shirt on and a gun in his waistband. Like, it can't get any more obvious. But speaking of that, um, I wanted to get into kind of the impact on the community and everything else. But firstly, on the importance of speaking up if you see something happen. Because I don't want to blame a witness because, I mean... You can't, but at the same, because you weren't there, but at the same time, like, this witness came forward and said that he had told his girlfriend, I believe it was, Mm -hmm. like, like, mentioned it and showed her, and she just told him to mind his own business, and, like, this really just does go to show that, like, this can happen if you Mm -hmm. mind your business, like, like, if something looks wrong, yep, if you see something, say something, like, if it looks wrong, call the police, because if it's not wrong then they'll likely figure that out. Police don't want to waste their time on things that aren't actually happening. If they show up and it's not the case, they're not gonna, no one's going to be mad at you. No. I mean, sure, it might be an inconvenience for the people, but that is so much lesser of a consequence compared to what this poor witness and what his poor girlfriend are probably going through now oh, knowing that they could have exactly. done something. Think about the guilt that mm-hmm. they're probably going to feel for the rest of their lives. Knowing that if they had just called the police or written down a license plate Mm -hmm. even just doing that like they could have done so much and I believe the second witness is I think that was how they ended up finding the car I think I don't know if it's the same person but yeah I I do know it was someone though who um saw the car like at her or his apartment complex Mm -hmm. and recognized it Mm -hmm. and so they called the Auburn police to report it so Thankfully, like, yes. good for that person for doing that. But, yeah, like I said, if you see something, say something. And this sounds cliche, but go with your gut feeling. Mm-hmm. Because, obviously, this guy had a gut feeling that something was wrong because he did end up reporting it, mm-hmm. like, about a week later. So, but And know, he had to ask his girlfriend. If it feels wrong, yeah. then just, just call. Yeah. Because it's much better to not have to deal with the guilt that they, I'm sure, are going through right now seeing all of this unravel because I mean you can't say that they would have saved her because it could have we don't know when she was murdered how quickly afterwards it happened but it would have it would have made catching him happen quicker and maybe it prevented the disposal of evidence because that was actually another thing I wanted to get into the um Antoine Squirmy Fisher mm-hmm. was arrested for providing him transportation we don't know if the transportation happened when she was in the vehicle or not I yeah. think I think my, my theory was that we had said in the first podcast that you don't just drive a car with possibly a dead girl in it and then just 
carry her body. He would have needed a vehicle. Mm -hmm. So I think that what they mean by that, which they haven't gotten into details, is that he probably came and picked up Yazid and they put the body in his car Mm -hmm. and they disposed of the evidence. But he is also being charged with kidnapping. Yeah, it makes me wonder if he was actually at that gas station with him. Mm -hmm. And because also, so Yazid was in his own car at that gas station. Yes, I saw that. So somebody had to drive that car back to Montgomery or wherever. Yeah. So I wonder if uh, Squirmy Fisher got in Yazid's car and drove it back. Because they could have been together at the gas station. Because I wondered that too, because just the other day I saw that he had been there in his own car. So yeah, that would because if if the car was left there, and they would have just run the tags and yeah. figure out who it belonged to him, and like this is weird. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a very plausible theory. And because I wondered, I was like disposing of evidence and everything. Like, th- yes, that matches and providing transportation, but kidnapping is kidnapping happens. You only get charged with that if the person's alive. So perhaps he. That's the other thing. We just don't know when she was murdered. Like right. we don't know. If, if it happened, they like, got back to Montgomery yeah, and it happened, yeah. or, a, just or if he killed knows. her on the way I know. to Montgomery, I just don't know. No, and it's just, I wouldn't put anything past him at this point to drive like an hour and a half with a dead body right next to him, because, I mean, he's clearly heartless, but like, it's it'll be interesting to see how many more details we get on the case mm-hmm. throughout the next few hearings, because we really haven't gotten much. Yeah, and also when Yazid goes to trial, I'll be interested to see if they try to move the trial somewhere other than Lee County. Mm-hmm. Because, to be honest, I don't know how you're going to find unbiased jurors at this point. I don't because think you could in anywhere in the country at this honestly, point Honestly, no. Because she has, there's so much sympathy for her. Mm-hmm. And especially in the state of Alabama, for sure. Like, I honestly feel like they need to move out of state if they really want to have a fair case. I actually agree. that... Everyone knows about this, yep. and it's everyone in Lee County, especially, it's just you're not gonna find someone that is not like doesn't already have an opinion. In Lee County, like itself has had so much happen, like this year, like the tornadoes, everything that's happened. We've had multiple disappearances. The other Auburn student that disappeared, mm-hmm. like we've had so much happen that like this is really the only way that we can make something right. Mm-hmm. So I do agree, and I hate to say it because, I mean, I don't, at this point, like, just <laughs> stick a needle in him, like, oh, yeah. I don't care, but at the same time, like, it is, you do have to follow the law, and I don't think that he can get a fair trial here. I disagreed with transporting him to Montgomery facility because oh. I'm, I'm sorry, you yeah. get death threats while you killed someone. You're going to get death mm-hmm. threats, and why would they send you back to a facility that you were previously incarcerated in where you know people? Where you can have connections to the outside. Like, mm-hmm. I'm very glad that the judge didn't grant him that. Me too. Because when I saw that, I was like, oh no. Because, of course, like, death threats or whatever. But honestly, if he keeps getting death threats, just put him in solitary. Yeah, that's how I feel too. <laughs> that's, that's fair enough for me. Just put him in solitary. For all of, basically, the, the horror that he's put her family through. He deserves to be by himself right now. Because honestly, that's the other thing. He's loving the attention. Oh, which yeah. is just... It's something. Um, but I know another thing we wanted to focus on um, was basically the impact it's had on the community. We've touched a little bit on how it's affected Auburn itself. But it's actually affected Auburn University students a lot as well. And Auburn University has been kind of disappointing in mm-hmm. taking 
into account what's happened to Anaya Blanchard so close to home where college students live right across the street. I mean, I lived in Garden District. You live in the edge. Like, mm-hmm. it's right by that Chevron. That Chevron yes. is the gas station you go to if you need something last minute. Mm-hmm. So taking that into account, all these things that have been happening that Auburn University is just... I don't feel like they've been providing any any safe mind to students. They've just kind of... No. And I think that's because they don't want the bad press coverage mm-hmm. because obviously parents don't want to send their kids to college in a place where this girl just got kidnapped and murdered mm-hmm. in the middle of the city in a safe spot to... Like, this isn't a ghetto, like, sketchy neighborhood. No. This is, like, just a mile from campus, And maybe. it's South College Street where, like, yeah. literally probably half... The student apartments mm-hmm. are on South College Street. I mean, they're right there. So, yeah, I don't. It, anyways, but let's talk about cover really quick. Um, what kind of things? Because I know you know a lot about some of the accusations that have been made recently that Auburn has been ignoring. Yeah. So, um, first of all, when an eye Blanchard went missing, there were a lot of um, theories that it was part of sex trafficking, mm-hmm. and. Uh, then a lot of people were saying, oh yeah, Auburn, like, they've had a problem with this for a good while now, and no one had ever heard about that really before, at least not the students, Mm -hmm. um, and so then Auburn University Campus Safety, like, sent out an email to everyone saying that these were all just rumors, they were made up, basically, like, don't Mm -hmm. believe what you hear, kind of stuff, but then, um, I was doing research, and I found in several local newspapers where just, like, earlier this year in February, where um, the mayor, Ron Anders, um, at a press conference was talking about trying to combat human trafficking in Auburn. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, these aren't just made-up stories. No, they're clearly not. And, I mean, even both you and I have spoken with people who have said that this kind of thing has happened while they were in the Walmart in South College, on South College, and, like, things like that. So... That's definitely not something to be ignored. I think it's um, I, it's irresponsible to brush mm-hmm. it under the rug because, yes, you don't want to scare, scare future students or maybe current students, but people need to know what they're dealing with. And if students need to know that they need to be safer about going out late at night by themselves mm-hmm. or out late at night at all, like, or going to, I don't go to Walmart on South College Street by myself anymore. Right. Like, people need to know to take precaution. They shouldn't have to just take precaution, maybe, but they should know that they have to. Like, Auburn University has a responsibility to keep their students safe on and off campus, and yes, they're failing I that. agree, and I feel like their lack of response mm-hmm. and concern for it may, may, scared me more Yeah, because it made me feel like they didn't care. And oh, yeah. that, to me, is worse than just acknowledging the issues. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to think that if something were to happen to you that they wouldn't believe you. Like, right. that you're just crying wolf. Like, you want to know that you're the place that you've been attending or are going to attend for four years. Like, your home is going to want to make sure that you're safe. But they just have just been... I mean, they're trying to save face, and at this point, like, it's already on national news, so mm-hmm. there was really no point to try to save face anymore because there's already national news coverage on something that happened literally in Auburn, Alabama. And Auburn, Alabama is basically just the college town. It is small... It is just revolving around campus. Mm -hmm. It, it, like, you can't take that out of the headlines. So, it'll be very interesting to see how they approach, I guess, anything else upcoming soon. And 
the last thing we wanted to touch on today was just kind of some advice on and reminders on people to stay safe. Do not, I mean, it's not Anaya's fault that this happened to her, but don't go to gas stations late at night. Follow the rule that our parents always told us. Nothing good happens past like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. Like, don't go anywhere by yourself. Yeah, I think, and not just gas stations at this point, I feel like anywhere, um, it's better off that you're with at least one other person. I agree. And if you are by yourself, or even if you're with another person, a rule that my mom taught me when I was younger, it's very helpful. When you're walking to your car, put your keys in your hand. Look like you know where you're going. Even if you've lost it in the parking lot and you have no idea where it is, put your keys in your hand, walk with a purpose, and look like you know where you're going and that you are prepared to lock the door. I mean, another thing, lock the door the second you get in the car. I do it every time, Mm -hmm. especially at the Walmart on South College Street because you just don't know who's around you or what they're capable of. Yeah, and I think always try to be in a well-lit area too. Um, Avoid uh, sketchy areas for Mm -hmm. sure. Um, And if you do, like, if you have to get gas or something like that, like after dark, um, I would say, especially like right now, because it gets dark at like 4.45. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would just say like, try to go to a gas station that is very well lit. And like, I know for me, I like to go to the Exxon because it's like right across the street from campus. Mm-hmm. And so it makes me feel like it's a little bit safer. Yep. It's right off, um, I think it's like the col- like yeah. Hill college bags right there. So I feel like, you know, if something suspicious were to happen, there would be a lot of witnesses. So just try to like use common sense, honestly. And the other good gas station to go to, I'll say really quick, is the one on Chug Jordan Parkway. There are like always cops posted up. Mm-hmm. The second it gets dark out, there are always cops there. They go in, they get snacks a lot of the time, so at least you'll know that somebody's there. But yeah, just be aware of your surroundings and try to put yourself in the best situation if something were to happen. Just prepare yourself in that way, I guess. But yeah, that's I think all we have for today. Did you have one more thing? One thing I wanted to add though, um, this kind of goes back to the Auburn University's response and everything, Mm -hmm. is that I think, I know since I've been here and I've been living here for almost four years now, is that Auburn like had this I don't even know what you want to say, but it was it was just considered to be such a safe town mm-hmm. that almost like nothing bad is gonna happen to you here. Mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like all of the crime issues that the city does have are just not coming to light. Yep, I agree. This. And I, it makes me sad because I think you know maybe if Auburn had been a little bit more honest about like the crime in the area that it could have maybe saved her because maybe she wouldn't have gone to that chevron at midnight Mm -hmm. and so i hope that people um are not naive anymore about what goes on in the city and i hope auburn university steps up and starts Mm -hmm. to be a little more honest and transparent because like you said that could have saved that girl's life if she knew that this area was not safe at night because there are cases mm-hmm. that have gone on yeah. that people are ignoring. And so. to be clear, Auburn's not a crime-ridden area, but Auburn has crime just like other places. Yes, too. and we can't treat it just like it is some safe sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Nowhere is. No. So it's foolish to treat it like that, and it's frankly unsafe. But yeah, that is all we have for today. Stay safe out there, and hopefully we will do this again on the Anaya Blanchard case. Thanks, guys.